Hey, welcome to the Road TV podcast, where Pastor Matthew dives into the power of moving on from our past and embracing the sustaining grace of God. Join us as we explore inspiring stories from the Bible and discover how we can overcome obstacles to fulfill our true potential. Get ready to be encouraged, motivated, and equipped to start again. Let's dive in. Well, good morning, church family. Oh, it is so good to be in the house. I love watching all these babies come across the stage. And I was just thinking as I was watching this happen, uh, if my wife and I ever have two more boys, we're going to name them Walker and Texas Ranger, just so our pastor has to say that as he's introducing these babies. Man, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord. I love worshiping with you. Uh, every single week. We're in the middle of a series entitled, uh, You May Not Be a Legend, But You Can Leave a Legacy. You may not be a legend, but you can leave a legacy. Not too long ago, I was listening to this podcast. It was, it was to help church leaders understand the significance of really what we do and, and understanding uh, the people in our lives and helping us uh, encourage us to continue to move forward, helping our people continue to become everything that God intended for them to be. And as this podcast was going on, one of the statements that was made that I was just like, man, that's really good. I need to write that down was this. Graveyards aren't just filled with bodies, but unfulfilled potential. Listen to me again. Graveyards aren't just filled with bodies, but with unfulfilled potential potential. And I was thinking, who in my life do I know had all the potential in the world to leave an incredible legacy that that just was awesome and yet somehow never seemed to leave the legacy they had been working so hard for their entire life. And I'm going to be honest, several people's names came to my mind, uh, but then I began to ask why. Why did these individuals Why did it not work out how they had hoped? Why did it not work out how they had planned? And God revealed to me through prayer and study that the people that never became who they had the potential to become never got there because they could never move on from something in their life. Why do people not leave the legacy they desire? Because something happened that they couldn't move on from. The truth is, we all have seasons or maybe a season in our lives we can look back with pain, shame, and even regret. Some people can move on from that, and yet other people cannot. But what I want you to hear me say this morning to all of us is this. We won't become the fullness of our potential if we don't learn how to move on from our pain and our struggles. We just simply can't. The Bible is full of stories that kind of show us uh, just people in general that, that had all the potential in the world and blew it. And yet, by the grace of God, continue to move on into what God has for them and become and leave great legacies. One of the people, uh, you guys know um, Peter. Remember uh, Peter, um, as uh, Jesus was being uh, directed off to go and be ultimately 
uh, crucified for our sins. Uh, Peter is walking around, kind of following Jesus behind him. And, and a little girl walks up and said, hey, hey, um, aren't you the guy that, that w- followed Jesus? And Peter's like, no, you better go away from me, little girl. I don't know you. You know what I mean? And no, I was not, right? Remember that? How he wasn't willing to step up and say, hey, I know Jesus, but all, what's awesome about the story is 50 days later, he went on, preached the message, 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. He had a moment of weakness, and yet he moved on and left an incredible legacy. How about uh, David? David was an adulterer. Remember the story? Um, He was a murderer. And yet, when we look to Acts chapter 13, verse 22, we learn that the legacy that David left wasn't about adultery, wasn't about murder, but it was known that he was a man after God's own heart. Um, how about Rahab? Rahab didn't just have a moment. I mean, it was like a season where she lived in sin as a prostitute. Remember that? And, um, but because of the grace of God, we see in Matthew chapter one, verse five, that she went on to be in the lineage of Jesus. Um, all these people left incredible legacies in our faith because they didn't stop with their failure. They got up. And they started again. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, um, if you're still alive, and I need you to understand, God is not finished with you. And listen, no matter what you may be thinking, God's grace will help you start again to leave the legacy you so desperately want. The title of the message today is this, Becoming My Potential. Becoming my potential. The truth of the message is this. And if you guys remember from how I preach is I give us the truth and we look to God's word and then we come back to the truth at the end. But this is the truth for today's message. Uh, God's grace sustains me where my faith often fails me. God's grace sustains me where my faith often fails me. We're gonna be in Zechariah chapter four today. Let me pray for us and then we'll continue in our time. Lord Jesus, we love you. And Lord, we thank you right now that you are with us regardless of what we think, regardless if we feel you're here or not. Lord, your word is true and we can rest on your promise that where two or more are gathered in your name. And Lord, we gathered in your name today that you are with us. And so God, would you have your way? Would you speak to us? Would you rid our minds of everything that's not of you? Would our spirits shriek at the voices that's not from you, Lord, would we hear you today? And Lord, would we walk away not just full of information, but Lord, would we walk away transformed by the power of your word? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Zechariah chapter four. If you don't know where Zechariah is, it is the next to last book in the Old Testament. Not too long ago, my daughter came up to me and said, dad, can you say the books of the Old Testament backwards? I said, of course I can. I mean, who can't do that? You know what I mean? Uh, You go first. (laughs) And she did. She did. She killed it. She, I mean, it was awesome. And and, And it was my turn. I said, baby girl, I'd love to spend more time right now with you, but... I've got to get back to work, okay? So we'll come back to this later. Zachariah. Uh, when Pastor started off this series, he began to speak to us about Nehemiah. If you remember, Nehemiah was granted the ability to go back and rebuild Jerusalem, starting with the wall around the city. And now we're picking up essentially about 20 years after that, uh, where the foundation of the temple had been laid. Um, after the initial return, but 
powerful opposition around 536 BC uh, made it to which the temple had never really progressed past the foundation. Are you with me? There was little evidence of the kind of spiritual renewal that the earlier prophets had anticipated. On top of that, the people continued to struggle morally. Let me just make it clear. Jerusalem was still only partially rebuilt and, was, and there was no signs that Jerusalem would ever have any lasting significance. If you remember, we've been talking about what makes a legacy is a life of significance. Do you remember that? And, and so Jerusalem, as we're seeing, as we're gathering in Zechariah chapter 4, there's little significance that people are looking to Jerusalem over. And so in that season of frustration, where the people were just angry, many of them began to believe, well, is this God thing even really worth it? Is it really worth pursuing the Lord when I don't see anything different in my life? Is it really worth trying to make these changes when I don't even know if I'm going to see the outcome that I want to see? The people in that day began to think, well, maybe I just need to do what I need to do. And I'm going to do what makes me feel good after all. And some of us, I bet we would say, well, we would never, we would never say that we would do that. And yet some of our actions show that that's what we believe. Then when it gets hard, it's just easy to go back into the same old patterns that we used to be. And doing the same old things we thought we'd never do again. And in that season of frustration, the prophet Zechariah begins having dreams, some visions. Matter of fact, he had eight of them. And these dreams and these visions were all to help the children of Israel realize, hey, listen, where you are right now, what you're experiencing right now was not the end. And if you'll just simply trust the Lord, listen, everything will work out as it should. You will leave the legacy that you desire to live and leave. So in Zechariah 4, when we're picking up, we're really at the beginning of the fifth vision that Zachariah was having for the people. And as I was thinking about grace and I was thinking about us as a congregation, this story just really resonated in my heart and I pray it resonates with you. But this is what Zachariah is dreaming in this season. How about this again? A frustration of the people. They're not where they thought they would be. Matter of fact, they're having problems moving on with some things. And they, when they look at their life, they started some things that were really well, but then they gave up on it. Okay, And so Zechariah is coming to the people with the word from the Lord. And this is what we read. Uh, again, in Zechariah chapter 4, um, the beginning of Zechariah's Zach fifth vision. And this is what we read. The angel who was speaking with me then returned and roused me as one awakened out of sleep. Now, let me just say this. Uh, I, the way I like to look at God's word is we're going to read it and we're going to talk about it. We're going to read it and talk about it. We just keep walking through it together. But I remember when I was reading this, I thought, man, what a great guy Zechariah is. I mean, let's be honest. How many of you say, if there's a good dream I'm having or a bad dream I'm having, or, or how about this, a good or weird dream, you still want to see how it's going to play out? Anybody? I mean, I do. I mean, I, I can't stand it when I'm listening to or watching or experiencing a good dream. And then all of a sudden, right when it gets good, uh, 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 right? And the, and the alarm goes off and now it's time to wake up and I don't get to finish the dream that I was having. I mean, it was about to get good. And Zachariah is having these dreams and he's getting woke up. 
You know he's a good dude because he didn't chew this dude out, right? <laughs> and as the angel woke Zechariah up, Zechariah writes that he asked me, what do you see? He said, I see a solid gold lampstand there with a bowl on its top. It has seven lamps on it, seven channels for each of the lamps on its top. There are also two olive trees beside it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. Now I want to stop. This angel is waking Zechariah up, but, but maybe in a positive way, right? The, the angel's explaining to Zechariah what he's seeing. Um, I need an angel, I think, like that in my life. Um, Normally in my house, I don't know if this is true for you guys, but in my house when I'm asleep and I'm having a dream and, and I'm waking up and I'm like, um, Allison, angel, um, can you help interpret this dream? You know what she says? Shh. I say, wait, Allison, I'm afraid. I just had a nightmare. Shh, shh be a man. You know what I mean? Like, like dang. What is this? Um, Thankfully, this angel actually tells Zechariah what's happening. Um, just to be clear, the solid gold lampstand is essentially a menorah, and this is a menorah like the ones that would have been used in the temple that the Jews were rebuilding at this point in their history. And yet, although Zechariah understood what was in the vision, he didn't understand what it all meant. So the scripture says that he, this is verse 4 in Zechariah, that he asked the angel who was speaking with me, what are these, my Lord? In other words, what in the world does any of this have to do with anything? And listen how the angel replies, don't you know what they are? Replied the angel who was speaking with me. I said, no, my Lord. <laughs> right, we gotta stop. Can't you just picture how this is? I mean, Zachariah's like, what in the world does all this mean? And the angel's like, oh, you don't know? I mean, this is kind of like some of the conversations we have at our house, right? I mean, what's wrong, honey? Nothing. Oh, no, no, really, what's wrong? Nothing. Oh, you don't know? Right? Y'all have conversations like that? Oh, you don't know what's wrong? <laughs> but again, thankfully, the angel answered, and that's what we're going to spend the rest of our time on today. This is how the, the angel answered. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by strength or by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What are you, great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain, and he will bring out the capstone accompanied by shouts of grace, grace to it. I loved our pastor's message for Easter. How many of you here were here for Easter? Um, what an incredible message on grace. And it got me thinking about grace, and I began to do some research about grace, and I found a whole lot of different types of grace, but I thought I'd mention four of them to you. The first type of grace that I saw that, that we need to understand is saving grace. Saving grace. We don't earn our salvation through works. We receive it in grace. Salvation isn't do, do, do. It's done, 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 right? In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, we read, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Thank goodness we aren't saved by our performance, but by the grace of Jesus. Saving grace. You guys with me? Here's number two, justifying grace, justifying grace. In Romans chapter three, verse 24, we read this, being justified by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, we have peace. You can think of justifying grace like this, just if I never sinned. 
okay? Justify, never sin. Satan is the accuser constantly going before the Lord, trying to build up and bring up everything that we've ever done. But justifying grace is Jesus presenting us just if I never sinned. Justifying grace. Here's a third type. I thought this one was good. Instructing grace. In Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 12, we read this. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us, not to, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Grace, listen to this, isn't the freedom to do wrong. Grace teaches us not to do wrong. Grace doesn't push us further into sin. It actually shows us the way out. Instructing grace. Fourth type of grace is sustaining grace. Uh, how many of you remember the story in 2 Corinthians chapter 12? Paul uh, went to God and he said, please, do, will you do whatever it takes to take this thorn from my flesh? Remember that story? You remember what God answered, how God answered? He said, uh, this, my grace is sufficient. In other, in other words, uh, Paul, I'm not going to take this thorn from your side but by my grace, you can move on to become and be who I've called you to be. This is sustaining grace. And it's that type of grace, listen to it, I want to talk about today. It's through sustaining grace. When you have sustaining grace, you can deal with pressure that would crush other people. When you have uh, sustaining grace, no matter the storms that come, and there's going to be a lot of storms that come, you can still stand. Um, when you have sustaining grace, no matter the heartbreak that you experience from other people, you can still find the grace to love others as they should be loved. This is the type of grace mentioned in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. And it's a scripture that I speak a lot to myself uh, when I'm scared or tired and timid. Some of you may know it so well. It's, uh, therefore, let us draw near with confidence. The throne of grace. It's all kinds of grace. Listen to this. So that we may receive mercy and find sustaining grace to help in time of need. God doesn't always shield us from problems. God doesn't always remove our problems from us. Sometimes we have to go through our problems. And when we have to go through difficult seasons, when we have to overcome large mountains in front of us, when we, when we have to deal with the difficult people in our life, God gives us, listen to this, sustaining grace. Um, in our scripture today, Zerubbabel has been instructed by Zechariah to go back to rebuild and restart on the city and the temple of God that he had been working on, but stop because of hardship and opposition from people. You see, in 525 BC, Zerubbabel had been building the city, rebuilding the city and the temple for the people. But just as he started, he got pressure from outside sources um, that caused him, how about this, to get frustrated, angry and overwhelmed. And as a result of all the frustration and anger, he stopped doing what he knew he should do. He stopped. I wrote this in your notes and it's just something I've been thinking about all week long. It's so easy to stop and give up when times get hard. Would you agree with that? 
It's so easy to stop. How about this? It's so easy to stop reading our Bible reading plan when we don't understand what we're reading. You thought that was just you? It's so easy to stop our family devotions when it's a fight to do them at home. I got five kids. They don't always want to gather. I don't know if you know this. They don't always want to gather and hear daddy read a story. You thought that was just your family? It's so easy to stop praying and pursuing Jesus when it seems like our spouse or friends don't have the same enthusiasm as we do. It's so easy to write people off when they don't meet our expectations and the relationship starts requiring work. It's so easy when difficult times come, how about this, to stop doing what we now find difficult. That's what happened in the story. And now it's roughly 10 years later after Zerubbabel stopped because of the hardship that was around. And a prophet walked into Zerubbabel's life and says, thus says the Lord, begin again. How about this? Not by might, not by your strength, but by my power, says the Lord. And some of us need to get this today, and I hope you walk away with this reminder. There's some things that we simply can't do on our own. We need God's help because not by my strength and not by my might can I do what I know needs to be done. I need help. And I think what's so interesting in the text here is that we get this picture that as soon as Zerubbabel began to do again what he wanted to do, I mean, he wanted to build the temple. I mean, when he came back, that was his sole purpose. And he was, he was all ready, right? He was, he was gung-ho. He was fired up. He was going to go do this thing, baby. And as soon as he started, <laughs> he stopped. And now it's time to start again. And I can imagine he's got the same sort of enthusiasm that he really, he did in the beginning. But now, as soon as he starts back up, you know what happens? A mountain pops back up. You know, I want you to understand the mountain that pops up here. It's not a literal, it's not a literal, this is a metaphorical mountain. It's more hardship comes back up. It's more frustration comes back up. More resistance comes back up. Have you ever realized that when we try to start doing the right thing, we start meeting some resistance, those mountains pop up? Is that true for y'all? Sometimes it's just hard to do the right thing. Because when we start, we start facing difficulty. And now Zechariah came back and said, listen, keep going. This mountain, how about this isn't even in my nose. This is good. The mountain that you're so afraid of, God is going to make as flat as a plane. Not by your strength. Not by your might. But by the power of the Lord. And he said this, Zerubbabel. All you need to do is to go, listen, get the capstone and hold it up and say, grace 
grace to it. Do you understand the capstone in Jewish culture? Man, this, you got to understand that. This is the last block that's laid. This is like at the dedication ceremony. When it's all said and done, after you've worked so hard and you've completed it, then you put the capstone on and you say, man, look at how we did it. And everybody claps and cheers. You take these gold uh, scissors and you cut this red ribbon or whatever color it is, right? And, it, and, and the whole town is there and they're clapping, right? And God said, no, no, no. Hey, listen, don't wait till it's over. Take the capstone now and look at it and say Grace. What does it show us? It shows us this. Not by my strength, not by my power, but by the grace of God. Listen, he will finish what he starts. Paul says it this way in Philippians 1.6. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus. So, so listen to this. The question then isn't, can God finish it? We know God can do all things. The question is, will you hang on till he does? The question isn't, can God make all this work out? The question is, can you not quit on God when you're frustrated, overwhelmed, angry, or been met with resistance? The Lord really put this message on my heart for us today because I, I believe that many of us stand in the midst of the unfinished and the yet complete and are growing in frustration and doubt and anger. Some of us have people in our lives that we just simply don't know what to do with. Um, and just maybe you're on the verge of giving up. I, I've told this story so far to all the services. I'll, I'll tell you guys. Um, and when I was writing this, this has been a, just a hard week. I, I've just been overwhelmed. I've been frustrated. I've been angry. I didn't even know I was angry, but I've been, it's been a really reflective week. And I was thinking back to two years ago. And you guys may not know this. You may know some of the story because I've shared a little bit of this before. But two years ago, I was a senior pastor of a church um, in Missouri. And uh, it was in the middle, middle of COVID. Anybody remember that? Is that over? I don't know. <laughs> Here's so many different things. You know what I mean? I, I'm assuming it's over. I'm not having to wear a mask anymore. And I was so angry during that season. I was so hurt in that. I was so frustrated. I didn't even know why I was mad and hurt and angry. And I told my wife, I, I'm done with this. I'm just, I can't go on anymore. And, and, and matter of fact, I, I began searching for like secular jobs. I mean, it had to be a good job because I had to get paid. You hear what I'm saying? But I... I was, search, I was Google searching. I was on LinkedIn trying to, trying to use my connections. And I was talking to a buddy of mine. Some of you may know him, remember him. His name is Abraham Wright. And I was talking to Abraham and, 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 and Abe said, man, I got to come preach for you because you need a break. And I said, I do, man. I, I think I'm just done. I think I'm going to take a prolonged break. And Abraham said, no, you're not going to believe this, but um, I'm I haven't told my church yet, but I really believe God's calling me away. But he, I believe God's calling me away so that God can call you here. The Choctaw Road Baptist Church. And I was like, no, I never even heard of Choctaw. <laughs> no. He said, no, 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 no. Listen. I know you're ready to give up. Listen. But by God's grace, he will sustain you and help you move forward. So you don't quit 
right before things get good. And I want to tell you guys, my family came here and this has been a place where we have found a whole lot of health and a whole lot of healing. But it reminded me as I was rethinking back through that season in my life is that the only way we can move forward over the highest mountains in the most difficult situation isn't by strength, isn't by might, but listen, by the sustaining grace of God. Don't project your limitations on God. Just because you can't do it, don't mean God can't do it. And when we speak grace to our mountains, we are verbalizing, God, we've done all we can do. We need you to take over. Church family, are you in a funk? Are you less passionate in your pursuit of God? If you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then like Zerubbabel, by God's sustaining grace, you can get up and start again. Begin to fight for your marriage again. Begin to dive into God's word again. Begin to set the foundation for your children to to rise up and surrender their life to Jesus again. Continue, begin again to make Jesus Christ the priority in your life. The legacy you desire to have is on the other side of your mountain. Watch your mountain. Watch your mountain. Don't give up too soon. Trust in the sustaining grace of Jesus and move on. Will you bow your heads with me? You know, church family, we all have a mountain, and I don't know what your mountain is. A mountain is what's keeping you, holding you back from experiencing everything that God has for you, from leaving the legacy that you so deeply desire. A mountain's the thing that's keeping your, your marriage from being everything it can be. A mountain is anything that's keeping your relationship with your kids, what it should be. A mountain's anything that's keeping uh, you from going all in with the Lord and just surrendering your life. And I know that all of us have some level of mountain in our life. And God's word has been very clear. The way we move on is to speak grace to our mountains. And so this morning, uh, in, a, in a different sort of way, that's what I want us to do. I want us to speak grace to our mountains. And so I'm going to pray a specific prayer for the mountain in your life. And if you say, I, I need prayer, I want you to pray for my mountain, and I recognize I have a mountain, I'm going to ask you simply right now, with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, would you stand if you want me to pray for a mountain that's in your life? People are standing up all over. Keep your head bowed and eyes closed. Lord, your word tells us to speak grace. And so, Lord, as hard as our mountains may be, as high as they may seem, Lord, grace, grace to them. Lord, there's some things we can't do, but by your sustaining grace, we can overcome, we can take our next step. And God, I pray right now for those that are standing specifically God, would you remind them, not, right, not only right now, but in the days to come, that your sustaining grace is upon them as they look to you. 
Lord, I thank you for your grace. Without your grace, we can't move forward. Lord, for those that are sitting, Lord, I thank you that that you love them and you work through them and with them. And Lord, even as the mountains come up in their life, Lord, you are sure to speak into them and say, by my sustaining grace, you can take your next step. So Lord, we, we rejoice in that. And we praise you that you are good. You love us, you're for us. And that God, we may not be able to leave this place a legend, but Lord, by your sustaining grace, we can leave a legacy. And God, that's our prayer today. Hey, thanks for joining us at The Road. If you'd like more information about things going on at Choctaw Road Baptist Church, visit us at theroad.tv or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theroadcrbc. Have a great week.